to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. This podcast exists because we want you to win, and the formula is different today than it was 10 years ago. You can't just do a demo and get in a record deal on your talent. You're going to have to bring a lot more to the table. You're going to have to bring verifiable evidence that you have an audience. You're going to have to be engaged with that audience. You're going to have to have some cash flow. You're going to have sold some records, gotten some massive amounts of attention on Spotify and the streaming places, sold some merch. This is what's going to attract the people to you. It's much more than just your talent. And that's why we created this podcast because the CLIMB stands for Creating Leverage in the Music Business, C-L-I-M-B. It's called an acronym. And that was not not acronyms, but the CLIMB acronym specifically was created yeah. by my good friend. I did not create acronyms. <laughs> and co-host was the Brent Baxter. They would, I, I would have called them Brentisms. <laughs> you, would have, you would have been a little bit more branding oh, on that. Way more. <laughs> Egotistical. So, Brent is an award, uh, a smart aleck and an award-winning songwriter <laughs> with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you Turn pro by revealing how to write like a pro, revealing how to do business like a pro. And when you get those two things down, then by golly, it'll get you in and connect you with the pros and get you in front of the people that can help take you to the next level when you're ready. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid, which ain't bad. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hey, brother, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. It's nice to be doing these in the daytime. Yeah, (laughs) right? For for those of you who aren't aware, we used to do this like starting at like 8.30 at night. Right, after my kids get in bed, which my wife, by the way, is doing a wonderful job of keeping my kids quiet. I probably just jinxed it, but... Totally just jinxed it. All right, sorry about that. (laughs) Stop stop saying that. Ruby's probably going to run in here holding up a diaper. (laughs) Dad, look. Look. (laughs) You should be proud. (laughs) I know. Um... Well, anyway, so today uh, we're going to ask the craziest question you think anybody would ever ask, and I'm sure you have an answer for it, but we're going to dive deeper into that answer. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what if the label says yes? Then I'm rich and I'm famous and smooth sailing. Think again. And also it could be applied to publishing companies. What if publishing companies say yes? Mm-hmm. Right? But before we get into that mm-hmm. we've got uh, a new review to, to to read over a new five-star review we do have a new five-star review which i'll be happy to share with everybody this is from uh nick clyburn nick clyburn band which by the way nick is a member of the uh, freddie community and has some good songs over there so if you want to check up, out nick? hello nick if you want to listen to some some good old country songs hop on over to freddie and listen to nick uh the free shout out nick Thank you. You're welcome. So, anyway, this is a five-star review. It says, uh, easy listening. All right, easy listening. Uh, This podcast is a must for singer-songwriters and indie artists alike. It doesn't matter what genre you are because leverage is what it's teaching. It's the 4 a.m. cup of coffee heading to work in the morning, and I feel like 
um, that I take something with me every episode. It's a good hang. Keep climbing. Thank you, Love Nick. That. Thank Keep you, climbing. Nick. Right on. So, hey, before we get dive into this real quick, join the Climb community. If you haven't already, go on Facebook, search for Climb Community, request to be let in. We let everybody in that request be good boys and girls, or we will show you to the door and roadhouse your- we'll Roadhouse you. Yeah, we'll roadhouse you. Uh, number two, subscribe to the the podcast. And then automatically, uh, it appears every Tuesday in your download. You don't have to think about it. It's right there, ready to go for your 4 a.m. cup of coffee like Nick mm. talks about. He's got an early job, man. God bless him. Um, <laughs> or he's getting up early before his job because he's climbing. Exactly, because he's, he's getting an hour or two hours of reading time and listening time mm. and growth. And, and working time in before you go it. to the that's day gig. That's that's I don't know if that's what he's doing, but that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's right. right. Um, and hey, take a, a few minutes. Uh, it's not even a minute. Leave a rating and review. It makes us look legit to, to everybody that's thinking about checking us out and we'll read it on the air. We'll make you famous. It makes us feel good. And, uh, and hey, if this stuff is helping you, share it. You know, let other mm-hmm. people know about it. Turn them on to it because it's definitely going to help your friends. And uh, hey, you know, if you're in a band and somebody's not seeing things the way that you're seeing things because you're, you're woke now and they're not <laughs> woke, then uh, it's, you know, hey, you should listen to this. And then it's not you telling them what to do. Right. It's us telling them what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got come around and sometimes it's how you serve it up, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, and we're just going to listen to this in the bus on the way to Des Moines's. You know, on the way to that gig, we're just going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Des <Moines's. laughs> That's right. We're going to listen. I thought you might think this is cool. Like, check it out, you know? Yeah, this is, yeah. That's right. So, uh, and, hey, did you uh, know this guy has been on Blind Date? We got to listen to his podcast. <laughs> he's that right there means he's legit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so this is this is this and this taken from an old blog that I wrote, but I think it's a really really important point because uh, every time I ask people, like, what if the what if the label says yes, and just like you. Just the response you came out with is like, well, then I'll be rich, I'll be famous, I'll be out on tour. It's like, no, you won't. And um, my uh, one, one of my buddies, a longtime friend of mine, killer engineer, Kelly Shanefeld, and I were actually at a private party with um, our good friend, Anthony Oreo. Mm-hmm. I think you were there too. Were you there in this? Uh, I think um, it was the- I don't know. The, it was before Anthony had his first baby. Ooh, so it's and been a minute. It was like, instead of having like, a, it was like Anthony's baby shower, but it was at this place where you smoke cigars and drink like whiskey. And <laughs> uh, Klein was there. And so I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if you were there or not. I don't remember. But um, we ended up in a conversation uh, over cigars and, and, and liquor about artist development in the I think I there. was. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you were there. So we were all, we were all talking about like, like, like the damage that happens when artists and uh, songwriters get their lucky break too early. Right. Mm-hmm. What if the opportunity of a lifetime to take a big step towards your dream and you're not developed enough, you're ill-prepared or worse, you're searching only f- for fame. You just want to be famous. You're not interested in being an artist. You know? In short, what if the label says yes? You know, that's right. I said that. What, that just happened. What if the record <laughs> label or publishing company says yes? Are you ready? I know you think you're ready. But are you really ready? You know, do you know where you're going artistically? Are you prepared to fight for your vision or will you be lost in the crowd with your hat in your hand? Which happens to just about every American Idol mm-hmm. winner or every American Idol top 
five finalists, right? They, they, very few of them turn out to be Kelly Clarkson and very few Carrie of them Underwood. turn out to be Carrie Underwood. They, they, they mostly disappear, you know, and they get some fame so they can still tour and everything, but they, the machine eats them up because they're not, they don't, they're not on solid ground enough artistically to say, no, this isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, only this is going to work. So, you know, do you understand the, the the hustle of the business and how to operate intelligently within it so that you can capitalize on the coming momentum? You know, the NFL, when uh, a lot of people don't know this, but when, when you get into the NFL first time, you're a rookie, they have classes that all rookies are required to take to deal with the instantaneous rise in the player's brand awareness, cash flow, how to deal with um, groupies, you know, mm-hmm. they, they try to make them aware, like, look, people are going to come out of the woodwork and have every opportunity for you. And you need to be aware. You need to be able to filter through who's legit, who just wants to shake you down for money. Right. Like you've and, probably like, never had rich people problems before. This is rich people problems. One Oh one. Right. You just came from the hood and you just, now you just caught a ride on the rich rocket and that's right. Let's prepare you. Yeah. <laughs> you know where they don't offer this in the music business. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and in fact, I think a lot of people in the music business prefer that you don't know, you know, uh, more money for the powers that be. Um, you can't just stick your toes in the water. You've, you've, you've got to be all in and, and weigh, on in this, weigh in on this at any time, Brian, like I know you mm-hmm. will, but <clears throat> to make a living, you've got to be a student of the game. If, if you don't know your business, you're being lazy. And trust me, they will know your business because they're professionals and you will suffer for your lack of knowledge one way or the other, mm-hmm. you know? So let's talk about... Get into some details like publishing companies. What if the publishing company says yes? You know, one of the conversations that we had um, centered on the three discussions or so we have every week with beginning songwriters. You know, they're understandably apprehensive about spending too much on their dream, right? Which mm-hmm. they're inevitably conflicted about. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so, in lieu of a prop for proper professionally acceptable demo recording, they sort of they'll go shopping like for the best deal. Mm-hmm. cheapest demo price you know yeah maybe not best deal but best uh, cheapest price the cheapest price they go shopping for the cheapest price that's right yeah. I hear it all the time I just want to stick my toes in the water to see if anyone cares like I'm going to record these three songs that I wrote and if anyone cares about those mm-hmm. if I get some validation back is what they're saying right yeah then I might take this a little bit more seriously and um, first of all that's how do you feel about that right there <laughs> um you're probably going to quit at some point anyway. Yeah. Because that's I mean, not if that's, if that validation is what is going to determine whether or not you keep going, we all get kicked in the Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all are not wanted. We all, you know, if that's what you need is that enough validation to keep you going, you don't quit. So might as well do it yeah, early. It's gotta be, it's gotta be more than that. Yeah. Do it early and save your money. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, when, when, um, you know, when I was an artist, I, I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't looking to stick my toes in the water. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Like I knew from a very early age, like that is what I want to do. I saw an, eight, eight years old, my parents took me to see Neil Diamond at Alpine Valley in Wisconsin. And I was like, I knew the records because my dad would spin them all the time. Like I knew Hot August Night. It was an incredible record. And when I saw it, it was the first like, live show I've ever been to. I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. And nothing stopped me. You know, nothing mm-hmm. stopped. Like I had to do it. It wasn't like this cool idea. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was something that I had to do or I was going to explode. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to be in an insane asylum if I didn't make it. And so yeah. it, I, as a writer, we're speaking specifically about publishing companies right now and writing. Like you have to 
right to survive. Like not mm. in business, like your, you, your head will explode. Like it, you've got to get stuff out, right? Yeah. Like that's the way you've got to approach it. There's no sticking your toe in the water. I mean, you just got to be I mean, you know, people start off with, you know, I mean, I got started with Toe in the Water. I wrote my first song without realizing it was a song until Buddy put a melody to it. And then I was like, oh, that's really good. And then with every song I'd lyric, I'd quote unquote finish, there was validation there and there was positive feedback, you know, just for myself. But then if other people liked it, you know, so you take those small steps, which kind of feed that desire, you know, water that little right. seed. But if you decide you want to go pro, you you gotta you gotta be prepared. Like okay, now it gets hard. <laughs> no, yeah, and, and just and the whole thing is is the payoff has to be the work, not the validation. Yeah, you know, like you've got to ro- love writing, otherwise it's not going to work for you. You've got to love being an artist. You got to really mm-hmm. want to be an artist to and, and love the work of doing that, or it's not going to work for you. If you if all you're doing is looking for validation, then what that means is all you want to do is be famous. Yeah, I mean, for me, makes sense. Why why do I want cuts and hits? Because that allows me to write more songs. I love being yeah. in the room with a buddy and writing a song and making up something that didn't exist before and getting like the demo or back or listening to the work tapes and that stuff. Yes, getting that validation of having being, people being able to sing your song to you is awesome and having something to hang on the wall is awesome and, and the money can be great too. But ultimately, it's awesome because it means I get to do more of what I love doing. Yeah, we get to do it again next year. I yeah, get to do more thing. of this. this kind of it's like ride. more tickets for the ride. Yeah, like you, you did. Here's some more tickets to that ride you just took. That's exactly. what I like. That's I mean, got to be. That's got to be. That's got to be how you think about it. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, you know, so I, I'll have you know art writers all the time uh, come into me that not quite professional yet, and they're like, I really you know want to just kind of stick my toe in the water, so I'm looking for the cheapest place. And here's the thing you need to know: like in Nashville, there there are uh, businesses that cater to every single level of what you feel your professionalism is, you know? Mm-hmm. So people that want uh, to pay 350 bucks for one song, you're going to find that. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to find that. You know, it's going to be one guy that's going to do everything. Now, if you just want to get songs recorded for posterity for you, and you just mm-hmm. want to hear something kind of come together, awesome. But if you're trying to be professional, probably not the way to go. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've had, I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with somebody who's like, I'm going to go this route with the, you know, 350, $400 song. Awesome. And then I'm like, send it to me when you're done. I want to hear how it turns out. And well, we had to recut like five different things and you know, <laughs> this and that and the other thing and have it remixed and all that. And I'm right. like, so how much did your $400 demo cost? So like 1100 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> and how did you feel about it? Like, it was so frustrating. Like, okay. So you know what? Like, there's places where you can go and spend between 800 and you know 1200 bucks for a song and it'll be the ride of your life it'll be fun because yeah. it's all going to happen right then and there it's going to be great and mm-hmm. it, you know what i mean so <clears throat> it's just about understanding what you want to do paying for, you're going to get what you pay for and 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 make that happen and song pluggers know what a good song is they also know what a good recording is and in in some cases if you've got a really really strong song you don't need to spend a whole lot of money on the recording, but if you right. don't, then well, in the groove and the vibe is going to be key, then you better be competitive with the recording. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you, 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 you want to be able to have a backlog too of work that now Brent, you're 
the exception to the rule, right? But I mean, um, when if, if the publishing company says yes, and you uh-huh. come in and you get this one song, and all of a sudden you get a cut, and then everybody's going to want to talk to you, and you're like, I got nothing else. Like, you, you yeah. got to get to work now and start writing. Guess what? You haven't been paid yet. Let's talk about that. You haven't been paid yet. You know what I mean? Right. So it's going to take, you know, your first cut, your, um, uh, For me, Monday morning church. Monday morning church, yeah. So from the time that that... Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. You got some, except the the producer said, "Yeah, I'm gonna put that on Alan Jackson's record," and, yeah. and then you did that. Like, then how long did it take to? So I got the track? I got the word late March of 2004 that Alan cut it. All right, so I've been in town about two years. The record didn't come out until like October or something. Uh, Mm-hmm. It was a second single, so he already had a single out, but it wasn't my song, so I'm not getting any money. Yeah, I'm not generating any income. Um, and then, well, I guess it came out in the summer. The first single came out maybe the summer. Then he debuted the song based on the CMA Awards and single dropped in October, maybe early October. And the record came out then as well. So I actually got paid for... Might have come out in like September. I think it came out in September. But basically, it was like late, maybe November of 2004 when I got my first, you know, mechanical check. Performances took mm-hmm. longer to cycle through. But since I was a publisher, I am the publisher on Monday Morning Church on my share of it. It skipped a step. It didn't go through a publisher and then get held for a quarter while they collect it and process it. And otherwise, it would have been mid, you know, April or something before I got paid in 2005, it would have taken over a year to get paid from the time that the song was recorded as it was. It still took almost a year to start getting that first check. And that, then I've had other songs. Randy Travis cut a song of mine that he cut it in 2000, I want to say six. And the song came out and the record came out in 2008. So it took two years mm-hmm. from the time he cut it to the time the record finally came out. It takes a while. And, yeah. but you know, you're saying exception to the rule. Maybe I was an exception to the rules of the fact that, you know, I had a, 
I had a hit before I had the publishing deal because I didn't sign the publishing deal till basically January 1st, 2005 with Major Bob. And so the song was already a single, uh, but I didn't have all the catalog to follow that up with. I had one yeah. hit song. I had a other songs that were, I'd started to write with some pros by that point, guys like Charlie Steffel, Byron Hill. So that were good quality songs, thankfully, because, you know, Charlie Steffel and Byron Hill are going to write good quality songs. <laughs> I couldn't stop mm-hmm. them. And, but I didn't have enough of a, of a catalog to go for major Bob to run and go, Oh, you like that top five you like that? Here's check these out. I had to start building that. And so I lost in right. a lot of momentum because I didn't have that other stuff ready. That's what I wanted to tap into, right? Yes. There. You know what I mean? So, so you want to be, so you could, you hear the deal. You got to keep working. You got to keep mm-hmm. working, 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 because I out- when you, my coverage. Out, you? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Wow. What a great <laughs> kick. Oh, geez, our guys aren't down there. To, oh, here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> you outkicked your coverage. That's yeah. right. So, you know, everybody has a dream, tons of dreams. Uh, if you if you have dreams of, of making it as a songwriter and recording artist, but it, but if you're not somewhat prepared, a yes could be the beginning of the end. And, and at the very least, extremely expensive and emotionally exhausting. You know, to me, making it is defined as making a living doing what you love to do. And there are different levels mm-hmm. of making it based on volume and revenue generated. But if it's based on making a living, doing what you love to do, then you're working on a solid foundation. Um, fame can be annoying, you know, and this is a little outside of the the songwriter thing. It's more the artist thing, but uh, I get why people seek it. <clears throat> um, I did initially, they shove it down our throats. We consume it like crazy. Um, but it's, a pain, it's a pain in the ass, you know, uh, in the context of a small time, like regional fame thing, it's cre- it's creepy. Um, everybody's in your business talking about your business. Like they know you, they don't, they don't know you. They, you know, you get written about in the papers. It's, it's, it's weird. And you need to be, the more time that you're in this industry, the more you're going to get uh, seasoned for this, mm-hmm. the easier it is, the, the more chance you have of coming out the other end and not be affected, right? right. Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt said, like, big minds talk about ideas, medium minds talk about events, and small minds talk about people. So the search or need to only be famous is an exercise for small brains. Mm-hmm. Those who only seek fame come off to me as green, like inexperienced, and also green with envy, and therefore they're, they're delusional, you know. And you, if you have to work, <clears throat> you know, if you're Paris Hilton or a cocktail party joke with some crappy sex tape or whatever, if you want to be iconic, you just got to put in the work. There's no way to get around doing the work, which is the point that I want to make. If you want your songs to be timeless, you've got to put in the work to learn how to write a timeless song. Mm-hmm. let's talk about labels for a second what the record labels is yes um you get a major label to say yes these days it's because you've generated some kind of attention a brand of following on a reality show we talked about bad baby mm-hmm. in a past show maybe you're on a vocal talent show um like american idol or the voice or something mm-hmm. like that and um so the label feels some comfort in investing in you because they feel like there's a market, there's some brand awareness that people are going to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, or you created real momentum on your own through touring, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. trackable record sales, maybe sold out concerts, and maybe you've managed to fund a, a Kickstarter campaign with, if you get a thousand backers in a Kickstarter campaign or a hundred thousand dollars in funds, record labels can go looking for you. There's labels that will sign you based on just that. Um, but let's dissect the latter first. In this scenario, you probably will, in the Kickstarter scenario, you're probably going to 
probably already turned down several label offers because you've already got the audience, you know, the conversation in a situation like this is going to start with you saying, you know, what are you guys are going to, what are you label guys going to do for me that I haven't already done for myself that warrants me giving you massive percentage of my revenue from sales, merchandise, publishing, ticket sales, et cetera. This is called leverage at the negotiating table, you know, and believe me, when you're seasoned with momentum, you come to the table with a heavy hammer, which is what this podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. You're going to be protective of your small profitable business. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to be, your eyes will be open in the many ways a label can screw up your future in this case and all your hard work from your past and, and you need to be in the right seat at the negotiating table. I have seen that. Um, I've, I've, I know personally a couple artists who were signed from YouTube fame, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. They've got big YouTube accounts. But they signed to a label that doesn't understand YouTube. So if you go back and listen to some previous episodes where we talk about the YouTube strategy, two things are important. Um, that you know you understand where the traffic is coming from to build the audience but number two consistency right mm -hmm. you got to be consistent so think about if you're not prepared mentally to what happens when the label says yes and you're like okay i just figured out how to get three million people to subscribe to me on youtube i you know i i got this you know i did a bunch of work here i was consistent i was doing all these things made it happen and the label signs me and you're like yep i'm just gonna put the cigar in my mouth kick back put my feet up on the table and be like make me famous boys let's go i'm done with that youtube channel yeah and then guess what you're gonna lose your audience because you're not consistent the label doesn't know what they're doing with that more than right. likely they don't understand the gravity of that that's not their business and all of a sudden they you know what they lose because they were making revenue on mm -hmm. youtube at that level like a living, like a comfortable living, like a six-figure living, you know, $100,000 plus a year. And uh, now the label's just like, well, this wasn't what we thought it would be. And so mm -hmm. you're dropped. Like that's happened a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So what if the label says yes, right? Are you sure? Because what that does is you go from standing in one line outside the building to standing in a different line inside the building. Exactly. But the same line and what's, you know, you've got to be, there's no, there's at no point, should you ever think that it's okay to take your hands off the wheel, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, cause the car's going to hit a guardrail. Right. And, um, so let's talk about an artist, let's say who gets a deal after skyrocketing to fame on TV or from some other crazy massive, pub massively publicized anomaly like, uh, well, I guess bad baby was TV too, but it wasn't like a, a talent competition. It right, was yeah. just a freak thing she's the by the way bad baby if you don't know is the cash me outside girl and if you don't know that just like like cash c-a-s-h just google cash me outside look at the clip and you'll get it okay you know that? oh that's why she gets a record deal yeah she got 11 million followers on instagram she gets a record deal and um because she has an audience here um but these kind of artists don't really have a heavy hammer you know, if you win next American Idol, who cares? It's the, you know, it's the, it, it, it's, this will be what, the, I think it's just coming back now. It'll be mm -hmm. officially the 15th season, if I'm not mistaken. I don't 14th even know. Season. Um, how many winners are there? You know, can you name, there's, there's 13 or 14 winners. I, anybody on the client community, go there and name, without researching, name five mm -hmm. of them. You can't, you know, you probably can't. Um, you probably can't name half of them. You probably can't name seven. Um, yeah. So the, it, it, you're real hot and then it disappears, right? And this is what every you know, up-and-comer seems to dream about because it looks easy, it, but it's typically a mess. You feel like a rock star for a hot second when you're on these shows, but the big names, because uh, you're hanging out with the big names, but 
and you feel like you're somebody, you're being treated like talent, you know. You're getting to make car commercials. Exactly, exactly. For Ford, you know, in mid-show. <clears throat> um, but, you know, like I said, if I put a gun to your head, you couldn't name, you know, half of the winners. And you're reading, you're, you're listening to this podcast because you're in the business. You should know this, right? But mm-hmm. you don't. Most people don't. Um, and they're here and gone in the mess when it comes to the public eye. So what's interesting is how many artists are catapulted into awareness, market awareness, but they're not sure who they are as artists. I remember when Bo Bice came out. Mm-hmm. I thought in my heart that this, because he got, I think he, I think he got number two. I don't think he was number one. I think he, yeah, was I think he came in second or something. Um, but I thought this is what's going to bring rock and roll back. It's going to bring awareness back to rock and roll, which has been waning as a genre for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is going to, like, he's going to come out with a rock and roll record because he was all rock and roll. And guess what? He just wasn't sure who he was enough mm-hmm. that he still had his hat in his hand and um, went through the car wash of, you know, we're going to do this pop song. We're going to do this. And, and, and it, I felt, in a lot of ways, like he lost his opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, 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 to turn it around because he didn't, in order for you to go against, what's the word I want to look for? In order for you to go against with like Clive Davis and say, Clive, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> yeah. You know, you really got to know what you're doing. You can't be unsure, right? Because mm-hmm. how, like, if you've got half a brain in your head, if you're unsure, listen to Clive, like he knows right, yeah. how many hits he's a, he's an icon. But, I mean, let's take Cheryl Crow, for instance, right? Who just gets to her, deal yeah. with A&M Records. And, and Cheryl Crow has a record that was made. Her first record was not officially Tuesday Night Music Club. Mm-hmm. It was something else that you'll, it never saw the light of day. It was a pop record. It was really right. slick. She was a background singer for Michael, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson and Don Henley, I think. And- yeah. And, and it comes out and... Uh, it doesn't come out like it's done. They're done mixing it. And all of a sudden she starts to realize because she's been in the business for so long. Mm-hmm. She's like, this isn't me. This is, I don't want to be this dancing chicken. I don't want to have to put this suit on because this isn't really my skin. This isn't really my suit. She's this like, this me. ain't no country club. This <laughs> ain't no, whatever that little discotheque either. <laughs> this ain't no discotheque either. That's right. <laughs> And so she, she, you want to talk about balls, right? Like she goes back to the record label after they spent. That's probably what that line's referring to. (laughs) I I think it is. Now that you said that, I mean, I like, I hadn't thought about it that way. Like like, that's probably exactly what that was. And she just went back and said, you know what? I can't do this. I'm not gonna put this record out. This isn't me. This is Mm -hmm. this, this, this recording, this record has no rough edges and my life is full of rough edges and I want to be true to me. And she gets sued. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Here's your one shot, your one big at bat. And instead of having her hat in her hand, she was like, God, no. Because she knew enough about who she was as an artist from the mm-hmm. work that she'd done that, okay, I, I can't do this. I can't put it out. And she let it go too far, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, she had the guts to go back and be like, mm-mm, we're out. Like, I'm gonna, we're going to do it this way. And um, she gets sued. And then, uh, you know, then that was the birth of Tuesday Night Music Club. It was a bunch of friends just trying to get her out of the, the deep depression she was in. Mm-hmm. And they were just getting together to create. They weren't even trying to make a record. They were just playing around and just trying to get her out of the house. Yeah. 
bed for six months, you know, like I just <laughs> ruined my life, you know, <laughs> and, and that, and then that was her, that's, that record came out and that was like really her. And that was really the deal. And because she had friends who had a recording studio, all that stuff, she was able to swap out the masters and that makes A&M happy. Mm-hmm. And then of course it went on to win, I don't know how many Grammys or whatever. Huge but, record. But if she just put that record out, I, Dallas to Donuts, we wouldn't know who. Right. Shell Crow was. She wouldn't be the iconic artist that that she is now because you got to know who you are as as an artist. It's easy to spot these artists on American Idol now that I look back and, and I watch them. Like you, you know who's a little like uh, been promoted to this sort of point of incompetence, right? They're they're this, hmm. they're not ready for this yet. Like yeah, you know who's going to go sideways and who's not going to go sideways. But the more hard work you do on your own, this is the point. The more traction you get as an artist on your own, the less likely you are to sign a major label record deal until it makes absolute sense for you. And if you do choose to sign a deal, you're gonna it's going to be more advantageous to you. You're going to have like. Uh, uh, you're going to be driving, right? Rather than letting them drive, which is what so many people want to do. I don't, I don't want to learn this. So I'm just going to let you guys take it over. And right. um, man, it, I'm, I'm telling you, very, very few iconic artists. No, I don't think any iconic artists, but very few artists that even had like one hit uh, went into the game and just handed the reins over to those guys and let mm-hmm. them do it. Like they... There was a whole lot of work involved and a whole lot of direction that was coming from the artist. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And I know that I want to do it this way because I've got this body of work behind me and and you can define yourself, you know. That's all I had to say about that. Cool, man. It's good stuff. So remember, you want to give yourself leverage. So if they say yes, then you have the right to say no. And you can yeah, say, this is what, the, this is what my audience you. wants. This is how I serve them. I know what I'm doing. Plus, I want to leapfrog these other people that came in with no audience, nothing. They were signed on talent alone, which is increasingly rare these days. But you're going to put my record out first because I got people that actually want my record. You don't have to convince yeah. them to want my record. They already want my record. And I got these, and I have these songs. Let's go. I know what I'm doing let's run with it versus other artists you're developing doesn't have a fan base yet. Nobody's asking for that record. Who's going to get the record out first? Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to your point, Brian, um, I promise you this, you think you want a record deal right now, but maybe you've got all the talent in the world. Maybe you can blow Whitney Houston's voice out of the water, but the last thing that you want to be in today's market is, an artist that has a you know a major record deal with all the talent more talented than anybody else on the label mm-hmm. and no audience right because you're going to be put on ice all they deal no they, and all deal no audiences yeah you know it's like there's all hat and no and cattle long. all cattle right. and no hat that's a problem too yeah so you need you know you need to be able to come in with uh, some business so that you're going to that that they're so that they can go out of the way and really the whole corporation is going to invest in you emotionally as well as as physically it's not just about the money you know going back to football because it's, it's playoff season right go yeah. Titans um. They probably have already lost to the Patriots by the time this comes out. But anyway, um, okay, you, you have the two running backs. You know, me, who do you feed? You feed the one that's got the hot hand. Yeah. Right? So you have a stable of running backs. You have a stable of artists on label who's got the hot hand. Feeding the ball. Yep. They're getting yards. We want to win as a team, which is our label. Feed the hot hand, man. Give them attention. Give them the freaking ball. Yeah. Same thing. If you come in 
and you already have a hot hand going because you've created leverage for whatever reason. You have an audience, you have, you know, you know who you are as an audience, that kind of stuff. They're naturally going to feed you the ball. You're a better use of resources. We're going to train up this other person. That's just another way of looking at it. That's right. And I mean, too many, too many artists um, in the past, and this used to work, were signed by like one guy at a label Mm -hmm. or one, you know, one lady, one, one one woman at a label, A&R, like, I believe in you. You're the one that's awesome. You get signed to the label and then, you know, Hey, they go get another gig. They go to another label and mm-hmm. now you're screwed because the rest of the label isn't behind you. So you're on ice. That stuff. There's a million people with stories like that. Yes. <clears throat> so you've got to come in with the leverage in the business. And that's why that's the purpose of this. So you think Luke Bryan is worried that some, yeah, his key person at the label is going to quit, get fired, then he's next on the chopping block. No, he has leverage. (laughs) Yeah. It's on a much higher scale. Right. But it's the same kind of thing going, Oh man, uh, Bill signed me over here and golly, I just don't know if he gets fired. I just don't know what I'm going to know. And I promise you none of those artists think about that when they get the deal. It only, they don't think about it after it happens. Like the accidents happen. Now they're all alone, twisted in the wind at a label and nobody, even cares about them. They, they, they didn't mm-hmm. believe in them yet. There's not something there for them to grasp onto, uh, for them to understand this is how it's going to help our team, to your point. Mm-hmm. You know, like the football analogy was great. But <laughs> anyway, listen, um, if you want more information on this, if you want to, to apply this kind of knowledge to your specific artistic situation, we're available for consultations. Get Hit us up at info at daredevilproduction.com. Once again, that's info at daredevilproduction.com. Production singular. There is no S. Um, just put consultation in all capital letters in the subject line. It'll get into the right folder and we'll get back to you. you know, you'd be amazed at uh, what we can accomplish in one hour. Just get your socials right, get you on the right track so that you can start growing an audience and maybe just do some big sort of big picture um, brainstorming on how you should look and what you want to do before you take another step forward to make sure that that you're driving and that you're comfortable driving and you know where you're going, that kind of a thing. So with that said, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Um, Again, join the Climb community if you haven't already. Ask to be let in. We will approve you. Leave a rating and review. Takes 20 seconds. It helps us look legit to other people and we'll make you famous we will read it on the air this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 